human life is intrinsically valuable. Beauty, truth, knowledge is intrinsically valuable. Those are really cool things, really important things, don't you think? Those things well, yeah, they're, re- they're really important. But, I mean, having uh, introduced the concept of intrinsic value, I'm pretty suspicious of it. I think philosophers tend to say, oh, it's intrinsically valuable when they really want you to value something and they can't really think of any good explanation or good reason why you should. Maybe art's like that. Well, uh, but look, it, I, I see your point. There's a, the, the distinction itself is kind of... We could probe it more, but let's grant art is intrinsically valuable because it's intrinsically tied to pleasure, don't you think? Well, yes, okay, let's grant that art is intrinsically valuable uh, or or as close as something comes because to contemplate art or maybe to produce art is intrinsically valuable. Still, what follows from that? I mean, suppose you're a teacher uh, and you've got a chocolate chip cookie that you'd like to eat and get the intrinsic pleasure of eating the chocolate chip cookie, but you need chalk. Wouldn't you trade the cookie and the intrinsic pleasure that comes with it for some chalk so you can do your lesson? But chalk's really only well, extrinsically valuable. Yeah, a chocolate chip cookie, yeah, that's a... Uh, I get your point, but... I. It, if something's intrinsically valuable, you think it has the highest kind of value. Isn't that the best way you can have value is to be intrinsically valuable? So if art is intrinsically valuable, you should give up a lot of things to get it. Well, I, I think that's true in a way and a fallacy in a way. As a matter of fact, people will 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 uh, give up a lot of pleasures, a lot of things that are intrinsically valuable in order to get money, which is surely the paradigm of the extrinsically valuable. So you're suggesting that we can't settle these questions about how much we should spend on the arts, whether we should have them in education, by pointing out the intrinsic value of art, because art also has to be caught up in this network of things that have merely extrinsic value. Yeah, I think saying art has intrinsic value is a little bit like saying art has value real loudly. Yeah, (laughs) I think you're... I mean, that's a a good point. But, you know, our roving philosophical reporter, Polly Stryker, discovered something about the extrinsic value of art in a medical setting of all places. She files this report. So we're looking at the art cart, and this is a cart that we bring around with us when we visit patients here in the hospital. These days, medicine turns to art more and more as a tool to help people cope with illness. At Stanford Hospital, Sylvia Dolce coordinates the Art for Health program. The art cart is filled with art supplies, Uh, So we have things like markers, oil pastels, watercolor. And basically, our aim when we visit patients is really, first of all, to get a sense of who they are and getting a sense of what's exciting for them. How will art spark their interest or be nourishing for them? We paid a visit to Gracie, a young woman fighting cancer. Gracie plans to keep her art as a reminder of her battle against the disease. AML is acute myeloid leukemia. That's what I was diagnosed with. And art therapy has actually helped me clear my mind. And it's a way to kind of escape knowing that my cancer is there. We made this um, picture where we kind of painted the background and we cut out a butterfly and then we just glued it so it kind of looks three-dimensional and it's very pretty. (laughs) You got to see it for yourself. (laughs) Today, the use of art as a therapeutic tool is part of an integrative medicine trend that embraces practices once considered alternative. To skeptics, Sylvia Dolce says, I would never say and tell anybody that if they paint or draw, that it's going to make them heal. But she says it's obvious that art helps patients and their families. Two weeks before our interview, Dolce went to the bedside of a stroke victim 
a young man with two small children. So they called me in, and before disconnecting him from life support, what I did and what some of us do here sometimes is we paint the patient's hand and we imprint the parent's hand on like a paper pulp heart. And then if the child wants to, they'll color their own hand and print it on the heart next to the parent's heart, sometimes with the thumbs touching. That is like their parent's last imprint. Psychoanalysts use art therapy when words fail their patients. Dr. David Spiegel is a professor of psychiatry at Stanford University's School of Medicine. He hopes to get funding to conduct a clinical trial using art therapy to help veterans deal with post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, it's been called speechless horror. There are situations that people witness or are, are part of that really overwhelm one's ability to speak about it. When one is overwhelmed by existential dread, by changes in body image, it may be that you can't fully comprehend or express your situation in words, and I think art therapy can be a way to help people explore and understand their own reactions to their situation better. At the Stanford Hospital, Sylvia Dolce knows that art therapy helps people. I know some people who, who've battled cancer and they say that engaging in their own creative process really helped them and gave them the strength to keep going and they feel that that made a major difference in their recovery. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Polly Stryker. I'm John Perry and with me is Ken Taylor. To hear the rest of this program, head to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking.